Hello and welcome back to another episode of Self Indulge with me, Amisha, from at Beats and Bobs on Instagram. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for my super long absence on here. Life got ahead of me, but I am back and I'm really excited to share this episode that I recorded a few weeks ago with Sophie from at Sophie's Plate on Instagram. Sophie is a registered associate nutritionist, social media consultant and content creator. Her Instagram vegan food page is infamous for her porridges, authentic recipes, reviewing vegan food and raising awareness around diet myths and diet culture. She also shares some information about the lack of diversity in nutrition, so definitely check her out. On this episode, we discuss a range of topics from rituals around food that are influenced by our culture, traveling, diet myths on social media, the importance of creating authentic recipes and doing your research when creating food content, and we also discuss some of the challenges around having a food Instagram page. So let's get into it. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on here. I remember when I first came across your page and I was like, this page is fully dedicated to porridge and different <laughs> toppings and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, some may say I, I post too many pictures of my breakfast. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the different toppings because it doesn't matter if it's summer or winter, like I will always go for a porridge. So I love like the different toppings and peanut butter. I remember when you I think you recommended like your favorite peanut butter. And I was like, I need to go try this because actually peanut butter is not just peanut butter. No. There's like, it makes such a difference. For sure. A hundred percent. And I don't know if I'm shouting out brands here, not being paid, <laughs> but um, Manny Life is a hands down my favorite peanut butter ever. It's so good. Yeah, I, yeah. so I actually brought some before I came to France. I actually stocked up on some and I finished. So I need to come back to the UK <laughs> and pick up butter. some more. I was also, I love your page because I think it's interesting on a place where there's, especially someone who has a food page and you're constantly seeing, you know, people trying to promote healthy eating and they're trying to promote diet stuff but I think nowadays it's in a more sly way so they might not promote it as a diet but it's trying to promote you know it comes across as healthy eating um so I think it's really interesting and I think it's nice to have someone who is an associate nutritionist kind of debunking these trends that we see on Instagram and we can come, we can come quite naive and thinking like oh okay this is true and these yeah. are facts and I think the funniest one I don't have TikTok do you have TikTok no I don't know how to use it I just have it for for viewing purposes <laughs> yeah so I think the funniest one was your recent one that you had um and it was a real of a TikTok um of natural cereal and it was just fruit yeah literally fruit in a bowl of uh coconut water with ice and she was making it like it was some really difficult recipe showing people how to do it and calling it cereal and I was just like this is the most stupid thing I've ever seen because I I look on TikTok a lot and there is so much diet culture on there and I just think it's really dangerous. That's why I think I don't have I don't have TikTok and sometimes friends send me stuff and I've seen on actually I did an article for um, I'm, I'm a teacher and one of the articles that one of the uni students had to kind of summarize was a TikTok article and it was basically talking about um plastic surgery and diet culture being promoted on TikTok to young girls and you know the people that go on there and you know people who've become famous off TikTok are young 14 15 mm. 16 year old girls so it, it is quite scary these diet trends and plastic surgery like all of these things that are promoted yeah. on on social media and um, yeah. so I loved your take on the um on the cereal and what would you say is your favorite cereal oh that's a really hard question because I love cereal and it depends because I go through phases at the moment it's Cheerios but I love crunchy nut but I ate too much of it and now I'm like I can't have it anymore <laughs> I think yours is the opposite so yeah I didn't actually like crunchy nut and um Cheerios as much as I think I was obsessed with chocolate and so when I was younger like having the ability to have a chocolate cereal for breakfast and get away with it. So mine was definitely like Cocoa Pops or there was another one. I don't know what it's called anymore, but it was like another type of chocolatey cereal. And I just, yeah, those were uh, my favourite. I also really like your recipes that you post on. I know you did a take on um, Chana Masala and yeah. this isn't a carbonara. 
um, and we'll talk a bit about that later but I really liked you know the title of this isn't a carbonara yeah. do you want to say like why why you chose that as your as a title for the dish yeah so I as someone who is of a mixed background I get so annoyed on like there is ugh, I don't even know how to articulate myself. I just get so annoyed when I see all of these recipes made by people who are not from the country, which is totally fine. Do that. But try and make the recipe as authentic as you can. And if you can't make it like that or you want to take your own spin on it, then like at least honour the recipe and say, Mm -hmm. you know, where you got this from or where the idea came from or who was your inspiration. So I've, Mm -hmm. I've also got a recipe for like Dan Dan noodles. I'm not Chinese. I don't know much about you know Chinese cooking but I looked it up and I didn't just click on the first link that was from a white person that had made down mm-hmm. noodles mm-hmm. I like actively went out to look for people who had made it who knew what they were talking about so with the carbonara thing I was like look I know this is not a carbonara because there's no eggs in it there's no meat in it it's like the furthest thing from a carbonara but you know this is where I got my inspiration from and I'm not going to call it that because it isn't that Yeah, you kind of have to respect the culture, the cuisine that you've gotten it from. And I've been guilty of it, actually, due to laziness. I think it's really easy when you type into Google, you know, a recipe and you want to veganize it so you can eat it. But then you just, you know, actually, it's true. The one of the the first links that I see, even for Indian dishes or like you were saying, Chinese, any culture, the first, you know, few clicks, the links I'll click, it's not even an authentic, like it's not from your background. Yeah. But there's no when I'm reading through it there's no kind of like uh, there's a lack of like research done of like okay so where did this recipe come from how you know what ways have you tried to make it as traditional and um, respect the culture and the cuisine as possible Mm. and especially important when people like white people are now benefiting from marginalized communities Mm -hmm. they're becoming Instagram famous making these recipes and probably getting paid for it or TikTok famous I've seen them and there'll be like an uproar in the comments and the person's like, oh, well, like, whatever, I can call it whatever I want. You know, it's not a big deal. And it, it is a big deal because yeah, no, you're now taking big... away the limelight from somebody who's like actual food that is and who doesn't get the same kind of airtime as you will because you're, you know, a white male or whatever. Yeah. And, and you've already got a big platform and you're able to gain profit out of this and gain money, you know, just and you're not actually respecting who you got this from and I've actually got recipe books I mean I don't think I'm not going to name any but like even my first ever recipe book that I got when I went vegan I didn't even think about this because I was I think I was like 18 19 um but there were recipes and even a book that I recently got um for my birthday it's by white people what the first one was by a white woman and the second one that I got given for my birthday was um by a white man and they have recipes from Sri Lanka they've got these Sri Lankan curries Indian curries um they've got you know Chinese food Indo-Asian and I'm like but you where have you okay so you're using garam masala and all of these things where did you even know that these existed like where do you, yeah. you know where yeah. are you learning this from and there's no respect and and they're big you know big chefs you know big people their their books sell you know loads they're probably you know bit you know benefiting from it a lot and there's no kind of respect yeah yeah just a nod to the culture or anything and I think when we're veganizing things um yeah it's nice to veganize things but also respect that carbonara traditional carbonara is going to have meat and it does have these other things and so it's not going to be the exact same thing yeah exactly and because that's part of their their like their dish and I think if I were to see someone like when I see people butcher Indian recipes I'm like what are you what are you doing yeah <laughs> like you can't call it that that's just not what it is so yeah, yeah. and was I that think... why you're, you 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 posted the chana masala recipe yes <laughs> you know what I'd seen just one too many recipes with like curry powder and coconut milk and I was like look that's not how you make it yeah it's just, <laughs> this is not how it's done and like um, people, obviously people make it differently within the Indian culture, which is fine. Like some people, like that was like a quick version. Some people obviously like toasts, like mustard seeds and whatever, like that's fine. But it's, you know. Just when... giving it some kind of like, you know, authenticity and saying yeah. like, if you want to make it, this is a, a more traditional way of making it. <laughs> um so I wanted to do kind of also touch upon, I think you got this post and I started following her actually after you reposted this from, is it the, the Canadian African 
and oh, yeah. she talks a lot about you know going on YouTube and finding recipes so I've actually stopped going on Google to look for recipes yeah. and I'm shocked at how many people actually make YouTube videos and they're really cute because they're like the authentic people and I follow this woman now she's from Turkey and because I was trying to find a falafel recipe and I was like if I'm going to do it right I'm just going to find authentic you know recipes and hummus and it's just you get like people actually talking to you going through the recipe in there you know yeah it's just a lot more authentic and it's you find amazing videos on YouTube which I'd never thought of looking on yeah a hundred percent I am all for a YouTube recipe video these days because it's just like it's so nice and to actually watch somebody cook it as well as it makes life a lot easier yeah Um, I went on like a Thai food cooking hike a few months ago and like literally went to the Chinese shop and bought so many things I screenshotted your story when I saw what you'd what you'd bought but I need to find uh, I need to go to a Chinese store here and actually pick up those things so much fun honestly I was literally in there for like hours my mom's like when are you coming home I was like I'm just having a really nice time I, I, I could live here it is fascinating isn't it all these ingredients and these sauces and stuff you find um what what is what's something what were some of the things that you bought that you've started to use in your cooking that's a good question I bought um I think it's like pickled radishes they're like dried pickled radishes that um are like proper like authentic pad thai recipes they're in all of them and I was like I have to buy them because you know if I'm going to make it like I said I'm going to make it properly and also if you follow a recipe that's actually from the person like who's that's their background it's going to be nicer like nine times out of ten it's going to be nicer yeah um what else did I buy I can't remember um (laughs) oh I bought um palm sugar that's not that exciting uh yeah no just the whole the whole shopping oh and like you can get like lemongrass in there for like galangal it's just I was literally in heaven it was almost like going on holiday (laughs) yeah no I can I can imagine I'm like that here anytime I I've recently found a pure authentic Indian store here and I was like wow I can actually buy proper Indian spices and I can buy like actual I was trying to make ruti here with plain flour and my mom it just wasn't you know it was not good at all and my mum was like what are you doing I was so gonna I say like, it's like horrible. What, it's 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 hard because I I lived in the Netherlands for a bit and there was like no Indian people there whatsoever and in the tiny town I lived in there was like a Turkish store but it also sold some kind of some Indian stuff and I almost felt like crying when I went in there because I was like I just, I just I bought like a big bag of like all the different lentils and everything that you just can't get and I was like and my mum gave me I took garam masala with me homemade like in a big bag <laughs> yeah that's actually the only I think my my mum gave me two things she was like when I left home to go to France she gave me a, a tub of garam masala that she made at home and then she gave me um an Indian god she was like keep this in your bedroom like at all times <laughs> So those are the two things she left me with when I went to France. But yeah, I agree. It's it's like you can find some things that are Indian, but it's not as... I think we're really lucky in London that as soon as you walk out the street, there are so many stores where you can buy Indian food, um, like the spices and things. So it's kind of difficult, but I managed to find one by a man who moved from South India and he moved to Paris and then he moved to Lille um, and he opened up a store. He wanted to open up a cafe with like a v, you know, Indian uh, cafe yeah. kind of thing, but then COVID happened. So I actually ended up chatting to him for ages when I went in. And I think that's also really nice when you go yeah. to um, the shops and we spoke for ages and he said, you know, he opened this up and it's become so popular because people love, you know, no matter where you go, people do really love Indian, Indian cooking yeah. and Indian food. So he said, he's always having people coming by like French people, you know, really interested and in asking about the spices and what to cook and stuff. So yeah, that was really good. Um, I wanted to ask you, why did you choose to study nutrition? Like, where did that um, come from? Good question. I've always been the kind of person that never knew what they wanted to do when they were younger. I was literally like my sister was the opposite. She was very set in her ways. Like, I'm going to do this. And that's what she did. Um, whereas I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I'd always been interested in like food and how the way you eat kind of affects the way you feel. I remember even when I was really little, we had this book, I think it was called Foods That Harm and Foods That Heal. Um, I remember it so vividly and I'd like look at it and it, it had all the different like kind of problems that you could have, like, I don't know, constipation or whatever. And it would give you like a list of foods that were helpful. 
mm-hmm. and I just loved I loved reading that book um and then I didn't actually know because back when I was in school um like it wasn't really kind of something that people studied or that I knew about like I didn't know it was a degree so I actually took the wrong A-levels um, because you need science, obviously, to do yeah. a nutrition degree. Oh, me and you both. I chose. I feel like there is not at school, there isn't really proper guidance. And I feel like with, you know, I mean, also we're so young, I get really annoyed at the UK education system because I'm like, people always ask me, what's your one regret? And I'm like, honestly, and it's a very small regret, but my A-levels, like I yeah. just feel like there wasn't proper guidance and you have to choose at such a young age and it kind of does dictate what you do after because according to that you can only choose specific degrees to do at uni yeah yeah I don't think that's ever like I think you're what like 15 when you choose your Mm -hmm. A-levels and no one actually drums it into you that look these choices are actually quite important like definitely no like my mum just said to me do which ones make you happy like just pick the subjects you like not a very very untypical Asian mum yeah (laughs) Um, yeah no my parents were the same but then a family friend I didn't listen to my parents I listened to a family friend and she said to me she's Indian she goes to me, she was a year older than me, so I thought I can trust her. She goes, just choose all sciences, maths and English or something. And then, <laughs> then you know, it will kind of get you into whatever Most, you want to get yeah. into. Just choose. I, I was so bad at science and maths. So I chose <laughs> chemistry, biology, maths and English. English was the only one I was good at. And so I always look back and I think, why did I put myself through that hell for two years? Well, I wish someone had told me that because I was, I mean... I not to my own horn here but at, at that age I was quite an all-rounder like I was I was quite good at most of my subjects so I just I had a bit of a weird I was like oh, I'll do I like maths I'm good at maths I'll do maths um what else did I do oh I really like art so I'll do art and then I was like oh psychology and then I did classics <laughs> so like classics. The, what's classics it's like ancient history um it's a very like I went to an all-girls school it's a very you know <laughs> It's a very, um, I'm not many schools do it anyway. Um, so yeah, that was a waste of time. I dropped that at AS level because I was thought this is so pointless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up doing psychology, maths and art, which literally do not really mesh together very well mm-hmm. and don't really get courses at uni. So for my degree, I needed to have another science. So maths and something else. So I spent a lot of time crying because all of the open days they were like, no, we won't let you in. And I was like, why? Um, so I took actually took chemistry AS level alongside my a- other A levels and managed oh to God. get in that way. Um, but yeah, if I could go back, I would. Because I also at that age, nobody said to me, oh, like, you're good at science. Like I didn't realise was very low self-confidence. I've gone on a mm-hmm. complete tangent here. But the, the reason that I actually found out about my degree was through my sister her one of her friends that she was living with at uni was like was doing food science and nutrition and my sister told me about it and she was like you'll love this degree and it honestly I was so shocked when I looked it up on the internet I was like I can't believe this actually exists like I can't believe there's something that fits me so well and that nobody had told me about Mm -hmm. and even when I was writing my personal statements everyone was getting help from like various teachers and none of the teachers knew what my degree was. So they were kind of like, oh, we can't really help you. Like, is it cooking? What is it? And I was like, it's, it's not cooking. I think that's one of the nice things. I think now, I feel like when we went to school, there were more traditional jobs, whereas yeah. now there are actually, you know, there's so many jobs that you wouldn't have even seen as actual jobs that you could get paid for or that, you know, that aren't the traditional route of being a teacher, doctor, lawyer, like, yeah, you know, the typical yeah. jobs that you have and you think, okay, I'll, be, I'll be that. But like you said now. Yeah. Like I remember having a careers day in, in secondary school and it was like, we had a lawyer, we had a dentist, a doctor and, you know, all of those yeah. like bog standard careers. And like, that's not the stuff I need to know about because yeah. I know that it exists. So that's actually something I'd really like to do once I have a bit more experience is go into schools and tell like teach people about it because I think it's really important that we have more qualified young people out there um not spreading misinformation on the internet (laughs) yeah and sharing and yeah and I think just sharing like different career like you said you didn't really know what you wanted to go into so when people see actually you can do all these different things apart from the traditional ones 
I think it helps students like you were saying you were just you were an all-rounder so you didn't actually know what you could specifically go into yeah I was I was literally I was confused up until the age of about 17 18 I the first uni open day I went to was actually for psychology because I just thought oh, I'm doing well in that a level I might as well just do a degree which yeah. is not a good mindset <laughs> did you enjoy your your degree um yeah I loved my degree I obviously hated a lot of it but it's just because it was difficult but I would not I mean well would I change my degree I don't know if <laughs> it's complicated because um the food science I did food science and nutrition the food science part of it whilst it's interesting is not really something I want to go into so that bit was a bit like uh, but I'm, I'm pleased that I have that knowledge now so yeah okay. and what were some of the interesting things that you learned from your degree would you say that you you that's kind of helped you even after your degree oh that's a good question because I feel like sometimes you don't you just have all this knowledge and you don't really recognize that that's that your degree has shaped that because obviously yeah. if I, I compare myself now to 17 I know a lot more mm-hmm. um what's the most interesting thing I really enjoyed learning about um food choices and why people make food choices so kind of like the psychology behind eating um that was really interesting and also oh actually this was my most interesting thing I learned was um about um genetics and Mm -hmm. how your you know your genetic makeup can affect your your can interact with the food in different ways it's it's a really interesting area of research for sure very new very um upcoming Mm -hmm. yeah were were you vegan before you um started your degree or during or after so yeah actually I don't even I mean or did you decide to eat more vegan food choices (laughs) so I went vegan uh when I was about 18 so this is actually a year before I went to uni because I took a gap year and a year before that, I was vegetarian. Um, so, yeah, at uni, I was vegan, probably very vegan at that point. And that was in 2016. So, like, you know, if you look at the supermarket shelves now and compare them to 2016, it was a very different time. Um, so I was yeah. eating very healthy, proper vegan food. Not None of this I vegan dominoes. <laughs> I know. I think it is crazy. I remember being at uni when I went vegan and... You know, in the supermarkets, like I said, there was none of this. So you you tended to eat healthier because there was no vegan chocolate, all these like stuff that's come out now. Um, even restaurants, it was just so oh God, limited. Yeah. It's crazy how far it's come. Honestly, if I was at uni now, I could actually join in in all of the like dominoes and all of that. And, you know, but yeah, no, there was I think the most exciting thing I had was um, Linda's vegan sausages. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. So you went vegan before you you started your did yeah. your degree change did they talk about plant-based or vegan veganism um, not really to be honest um no it wasn't really touched on that much uh obviously I think we learnt like they would mention it but there was never like a specific section that was on that or anything um it yeah I don't know if it changed my opinions on anything it probably made me a bit more it challenged some of my views I guess so yeah definitely and has your attitude towards veganism changed do you think since eight since when you were 18 and you went vegan yeah so when I was 18 I hope you can't hear my dog barking (laughs) (laughs) When I was 18, I was very, I went into it very hardcore and I was like, well, if I'm doing it, everyone else should be doing it. This is the best way to live and, you know, on my high horse, whatever. Um, Obviously, then having four years of studying nutrition, I was like, okay, time to be a bit more calm and like not, I wasn't ever preachy, but I was a bit like, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. There does seem to be a moral, like, yeah there does seem to be a moral high horse when people go vegan and I, I as if you are now suddenly like a better citizen like a I better know. human being and everyone should be more like you and you need to teach the world yeah no absolutely that definitely changed while I was at uni when you know learning about like social behavioral context and that kind of thing and like no it actually isn't first of all viable for anyone everyone 
it may not suit everyone and it may not actually be healthy for everyone yeah so I think it's really important to you know I don't ever want to like judge somebody for their food choices you know it's completely up to you what you want to eat and there's reasons why people choose what they want to eat and it's not really anyone's business (laughs) yeah I always find my friends you know in the beginning now not so much anymore because they know but they'd they'd apologize or be like oh I hope you don't mind I'm gonna order a a non-vegan I'm like I really I don't care like it doesn't bother me yeah um like it's your it's you choose I I see it kind of as religion like I'm not gonna just if I if I had a religion I'm gonna start telling everyone oh this is the way to live your life with this religion like I'm not gonna preach a diet you know a a, a food lifestyle just because I'm following something exactly and I think everyone takes you can't force anyone to do anything they're all gonna take their own route to getting wherever they're gonna get to and the only thing I do advocate for is you know eat more plants because Mm -hmm. that's that is you know that's not gonna harm you it's healthy it's a good like I don't ever want to be like cut this out cut that out because that's just not a good mindset to have around food so I think as long as people start you know and I think people are starting to eat a bit more plant-based and you know they're realizing that they don't have to have you know meat every single day or at every single meal so yeah Yeah, and I liked what you said about it depends on everyone like you know how people have grown up in the diet the food they've grown up where they grew up and there's Mm. loads of other social contexts because I had a friend who was Swiss and she's grown up on cheese and like dairy and she's been vegetarian for years and when I went vegan and we first met she was like oh I'm gonna try and go vegan and she tried it for about six months a year and then she said like my stomach like I just can't like I need to have some dairy and cheese and I was like it's you know it's your body and you know if your if your body's telling you this and you're feeling this way then eat then eat it a hundred percent like and I no, still feel that way yeah yeah no one diet is going to work for everyone otherwise we wouldn't have the problems that we're having today and it's really important about what you said about people's different cultures for example for me and probably for you it was not as difficult because Indian food's quite vegetarian and it's quite easy to be a vegan But if you're from, you know, somewhere that eats really heavily meat or like dairy like Swiss, then, you know, you're not only just changing your diet, but you're also sort of isolating yourself from, say, your family members or like family gatherings and being that one that's like, oh, I can't eat that. And that's not a nice. Some people don't want to live that way, which is totally understandable. Yeah. And my mum's grown up always believing, you know, she's been told, I don't know if you know, ghee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and my mum preaches about ghee all the time and she's like she says to my, me and my sisters you know don't care about this you know you can go vegan but you know you do need to have this and we're like no mum no mum but she's you know so my mum doesn't really have like we're vegetarian in our family in our household but she has grown up you know in India having you know being told and being brought up this way and I'm never gonna and I'm not going to change her mind yeah you know these beliefs and when she has her tea she will have some milk um and she just she does have ghee in her cooking and stuff but when she cooks for us she doesn't put it in there yeah but yeah there are some things she's just grown up with that yeah it's the same with my mum and like bless her I feel like when I was 18 I was probably very much like no mum we're not having this anymore you can't have this it's not good for you (laughs) get rid of this 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 yeah literally and she was just like um you know like a bit reluctant but kind of did it anyway because she just wanted me to be like happy um so but yeah but now obviously she has like yogurt with her food and like because she's always like you know all this non-dairy stuff it's just not the same it's not the same and it isn't the same so I'm like go for it it's good for you so because that's the other thing I think a lot of vegans are like you know dairy's the devil but it isn't you know there's a lot of misinformation out there and it's important especially for older people to get enough calcium so if, if you can only do it through eating dairy then do it yeah um what was so did you what was food like growing up in your household was it because I know so was it a lot of Indian food that you grew up in grow up around or so my my mum's Indian and my dad was Jewish so it was a bit of an odd mixture and definitely the the food was the only way I ever really connected to either culture um so most days we'd eat like pretty typical like English food like pasta like my mum was a really really good cook so yeah. we have like pasta but it's always homemade not homemade pasta but like you know um, yeah I know what you mean yeah uh, what else did we have like you know sausages just like typical English fare um but then what was it? on Thursdays my dad would go out and play football so we'd have Indian food 
and this was like a tradition on Thursdays and actually as a young as a young child I absolutely hated it I was like I don't like this food which is so sad because it's like my favorite food now um, and we'd like sit on the floor eat with our hands um, and then on Fridays we'd have like Friday night dinner so it was a bit of an odd mixture of of things um, but no I feel, I, my food memories growing up always really like nice like my mum made everything really nicely she did Indian food well she did Jewish food well um we didn't really ever eat much meat so like I've never really had red meat ever we just kind of had chicken sausages that kind of thing yeah what is like typical Jewish traditional Jewish food so we actually didn't really have it was kind of the same thing we had every week so it probably wasn't that like proper Jewish food Mm -hmm. but we'd have we'd always have soup to start with I think it'd be like carrot and coriander or if we were going to somebody else's for Friday night dinner it would probably be chicken noodle soup and with challah bread which is the best bread ever if if you've not had it it's like kind of like it's like it's it's got eggs in it so it's like brioche but it's just it's so nice just with like Mm -hmm. butter that's oh yeah the dream so we'd have soup and then we'd either have like a big roast chicken or a salmon totally not vegan yeah, yeah. <laughs> um or like a big salmon and then dessert would be whatever like apple crumbles it's not really that jewish so but it was just the whole like ritual of the friday night dinner with my yeah. grandpa and you know so yeah yeah and i think that's why i love food so much i think it's not even and i was talking to my sister about this like food is not even just eating the actual food it's like it's so much more than that it does bring people together and i have memories of like family coming over and having a big Indian like feast and having like these traditions around food that you look forward to yeah so yeah I've definitely I can understand I don't know why it is where we just didn't get excited (laughs) about Indian food when we were younger because when you messaged me saying that you could relate to it I always thought it was just me like we just did not when my mom used to come home we used to go home and my mom said she's made dal I was like literally I was like right that's it then like (laughs) I just starve yeah and like dal especially was my least least favorite thing I hated and it. then it just I went full 180 because at uni that's like all I ate I was yeah. like mum I'm taking this back with me like just keep, keep it stocked in my freezer yeah. and my mum like when I was younger like it wasn't you know dal it's not even just one type of lentil there's different types so like my mum's like she's trying to say as if she'd made a different dish but it was just a different <laughs> color dal and I was like no I also really hated chickpeas like I would not try chickpeas and I just I just I feel sorry for my mum because she'd went all the effort for making this food and I'd just be like nope no no, I'm not eating this I just want frozen fish fingers or just give me frozen chips I think it's because as a child you kind of just want to be like everyone else and what they're eating and you like you go to your friend's house and they give you like chicken nuggets and chips and you're like yeah this is what like kid food but I'm I'm pleased that my mum didn't do that but yeah you know I've grown up with like I eat every well I, I'm like pretty like not fussy at all anymore and I'll eat anything yeah same so. yeah and I think yeah I agree it's, I think it is to do with what you see everyone else eating because I remember sometimes my mum would try and pack Indian food for me to take to school and I was like I can't eat this at school and I also went to an I went to an all-girls Church of England school <laughs> and so it was like I mean it, it was a bit diverse but I would say it was very there weren't many Asian Indian people um and so I was like I can't eat this at school and I'm gonna smell and I used to I used to remember like I don't know if you've had it but when at home my mum used to make these Indian food and it it, this the smell is quite distinct yeah so I used to be like mum for god's sake I'm about to leave the house I'm meant to go out and meet my friends and now I just smell of like Indian food because if someone made a comment oh you smell a curry like yeah what does like what like and I just I used to remember taking it as such an insult I know the thing is like when you're younger like you're really conscious of stuff like that you don't want people to single you out whereas now I'm like I don't care like I'm I'm proud of where I'm from and like you know being different to everybody else and because I had the same thing at uni so I'd try and make Indian food and I'd always be really self-conscious conscious in like first year because people come in and be like oh my god like that what's that smell or like whatever and I'd just be like you know it's seasoning yeah (laughs) um but yeah, it was just it's, now I'm like, I don't care. And luckily I lived with somebody in in my third year who was like loved Indian food. It was so like, yeah, mm. cook it for me. I want to try it. And like mm. that's at that age, I think 
that's how you should be you should be interested in other people's cultures and not being yeah not being judgmental of the cultures it's interesting because it reminded me I just had a bit of a flashback to when I was working um in the UK and I was in the staff room this this lady was she's I think it was like Chinese I mean I don't want it was some Asian food from her culture and she was eating it and a teacher next to me a colleague two of them just being really bitchy and looking and looking at each other like oh what's that oh that smells or something and I just thought you're an adult you're at school you're a teacher like how yeah. are you it's how just are you making these comments so close-minded and like yeah. they're the same type of people that will get a Chinese takeaway and be happy to sit yeah. there and eat yeah. it and you're just exactly. like, don't, they don't understand <laughs> really really bugs me um what would you have you, do you I correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like I think I saw something about you said you've been you did some a, a bit of a food course when you went to or you learned some cooking when you went traveling yes so do you want to talk a bit about that and how yeah yeah I completely urge anyone who goes well not that we can go anywhere but when you go on holiday wherever you are just take a cooking course because it's so much fun so in just before was it yeah it was in 2019 Luckily, I got my travel in before COVID, but um, I went to Thailand and Vietnam with a friend and she was like desperate to go see the elephants. And I was just desperate to get cooking class because I love Thai food. So I was like, look, we'll do both. But come on, let's do this cooking class. And it was really cheap. It was like 20 pounds the whole day. He came and like picked us up. And like, luckily nobody else, we went at quite a like quiet time. So nobody else was on the course. We had like a little private lesson picked us up took us to the market explained like a proper local market explained all of the food to us all the ingredients what they were all the different types took us back to his house which sounds a bit dodgy but it wasn't um where his mum was and like just taught us how to cook anything like everything that we wanted to cook and it was just so much fun and I learned so much and like oh it's just it was one of the best experience I, I really remember that it was a really really good experience and then you can like take it home with you and and recreate it and yeah definitely that urge sounds amazing especially going to the market and actually picking out the food I feel like the, the complete journey from the beginning to the end of what it takes to cook the dish yeah, 100%. and like learning about the market and the food that you need that you know goes into it did you find it randomly online or did you get a recommendation from someone um, I think I, I'm I'm very um when I book holidays I'm a massive planning freak so I Same. definitely looked at like everyone knows if you go on holiday with me I'll plan it <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> um so I I, yeah, I looked it up and booked it but now anyone who's like I'm going to Thailand I'm like you have to go see this man and te- let him teach you how to cook oh, that's so sweet what did you learn about is it now um what is it that you learned about Thai so did you make a Thai what did so you make with we him? we made this is the other thing we made so much food and like after every dish we just ate like I just it was just like, it was basically like an eating feast so we started off he bought little like different fruits from the market that we hadn't had before like mangosteen rambutan all these other fruits so that was our little our little starter and then we made uh pad thai um pad si u which is like a dark soy sauce noodle we made mm-hmm. spring rolls from scratch we wow. made tom yum soup what else did we make? I'm and like try a tom yum soup. I've seen, I've seen it everywhere. Really nice, especially when it's cold and you just want something like hot and spicy. Um, tom yum soup, and then we had mango sticky rice for dessert, which is like dreamy for me. It's like my favorite thing. It was so mango. nice. And the funny thing is, even after all of that food, we still went and got dessert out <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, definitely good. good what stuff. did you learn about the? Do you know when you made the Thai? um the pad thai is there something now when you see pad thai recipes like it's like no you need to include like this is how it's done (laughs) um I haven't looked at many people's pad thai recipes I just think it's a lot simpler than people make it out to be like when Mm -hmm. we were cooking it I was kind of just like oh like is this it you're just throwing things in and like it's done yeah um I can't even remember what we put in it I think what are some of the typical thai stuff like you know the typical ingredients that they used when they cooked thai so they use a lot of um, palm sugar. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a bit of coconut milk in the things. Just a lot of oh, like galangal ginger. Okay. Lots of like aromatics. That's what mm-hmm. makes everything taste nice. And like lots of you know, he's just grinding up all the paste in the in the pestle and mortar. And it was just so like nice and easy. Just seeing all the ingredients that we bought and then just putting them in the dish. He also had it was like aubergine, 
but not like how we know it. I can't remember what they're called, but they look like green peas. Okay. They're like round and small. And I was literally, like, my mind was blown. I was like, these are not aubergines. You're lying to me. But um, yeah. <laughs> I need to do that next time I go, whenever we can go somewhere abroad. I need yeah. To- like a cooking class and that's something I need to start doing because I actually yeah really enjoy it's not the same I've tried to pick up some online cooking classes but I just get annoyed because I don't know where to buy the ingredients and how to yeah. I think it's so much nicer when someone goes with you and shows you how yeah. to make this dish in exactly. person exactly and also in countries like in Southeast Asia it's quite easy to be like they're very well versed in veganizing things so like I didn't feel like I was annoying him he was like oh no you just got like some tofu to replace the chicken or whatever and I was like yeah. Great. cool yeah <laughs> um so we talked about the funny traditions that you've had around food so I guess some traditions you had was having you know your dad you from your dad's side being um, yeah <laughs> Jewish food and the Indian side do you have any other funny do you have any funny traditions or weird things that you guys do now um that's a good question I'm trying to think. I feel like all I do now is eat. Um, oh, actually, I remember another one from when I was younger was that whenever we used to come back from a holiday, like say it was late at night, my mum would always make us like toasted jam and cucumber sandwiches. Toasted jam and cucumber? <laughs> yeah, which everyone's like, what? But what? it's such a like, it's something my mum's mum used to have. Right. Um, something my mum still has. And um, I don't know, I just got, and like we'd always have it with a hot chocolate as well. It's such a weird combination of things. <laughs> I can't even imagine jam and cucumber like that would never have crossed my mind it's an odd one but like you know when those foods that you just had as a child and you're like yeah "Yeah, that's that's totally normal um I don't know I can't be like yeah definitely try it it's amazing because I have to I have to give it (laughs) give it a go um what are your so we were talking about on Instagram there are loads of trends on diets and stuff I have to say that on my personal Instagram account I've deleted it and deactivated it. I don't know if you find this the same. I feel like ha- running a food page and having my separate Instagram, mm. I just felt like I was spending all day on oh. Instagram trying to catch up with both. And I just thought, I can't I can't take this anymore. So I've just deleted it. Um, but even on my personal Instagram, I didn't follow anyone, like any models or any anything that kind of promoted those skinny teas diet stuff, which I found a lot of like famous people and models mm. you know, tended to do didn't follow any of that I think I heard about the only diet trend I've fallen into and you can tell me if you know anything about this um is um intermittent fasting and I think this was a few years ago and people at work were talking about it and on Instagram I'd see stuff about it so that's the only one that I've kind of fallen into but even on my food page I don't follow anyone that talks about diets and yeah all of that stuff so I don't know any diet trends that are currently in trend at the moment. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, this diet culture on social media and intermittent fasting? Yeah, so I'm I'm the same. I don't, I still haven't, de- I haven't deactivated my personal Instagram. I do not ever look at it. And my explore page on that, which I'm quite proud of, is just full of memes. It's like no celebrities because I'm I'm not interested, first of all. Secondly, I am currently doing social media management, so I run about five Instagram accounts, and I just—oh my gosh—I never want to look at my phone again. <laughs> so I don't really have time to, to be a personal personal Instagram, so I just leave that there. Um, but yeah, diet culture—I just—it's—it's it's the worst. It really is the worst. Um, it kind of seeps into everything. I don't think you realize how many sort of avenues it comes from because people automatically just think oh it's social media but it's literally intertwined into like everything so from the way people speak about their bodies like oh you know June 21st I need to be like I need to be beach body ready or whatever oh do you know what I was listening to a podcast the other day um do you know this Instagrammer body panda positive panda I don't know. Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. So she was talking about, she was on a podcast with Venetia um, I was listening to, and they were talking about, I've not seen this meme, but there's a meme going around for June something whenever things are opening up. Someone's like, oh, this is going to be my diet until June something. And it's just a bowl of ice, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen. How are people actually reposting this and resharing this? And yeah, yeah. no, I've seen that. And that's why straight away I put out an Instagram post with this little graphic being like you don't need to lose weight by June 21st like it's fine (laughs) it's just it's just it's just it's so bad and also even from like the way people talk about food or they assign moral value to food that's all part of diet culture like oh I'm being good today or 
you know I ate this and it was bad and I feel guilty food is food it's not good and it's it's not or, bad or they'll post something like oh cheat day and yeah it's just like my normal food that like, what, what are you like who what are you cheating and, yeah you know it's it's and you know oh there's just so much and the government that's pushing this awful obesity strategy where they're trying to put um I think they're trying to push to put calorie labels on all food and in restaurants that are bigger than like 250 employees I just feel like there's no there's no getting away from it but luckily there's been an inquiry into that and I think they're trying to stop it so that's good I just think you kind of need to put blinkers on and just you know live your life because I Mm -hmm. also fell into intermittent fasting whilst I was at uni and I already kind of had a bit of a disordered relationship with food at the time and I kind of masked it behind being like oh it fits into my schedule at uni you know it saves me time and I don't have to worry about cooking but you know I wasn't I was doing lots of exercise and probably wasn't meeting my calorie requirements I also already didn't have a regular period by that point yeah and that didn't help because you know people I think a lot of men especially push for the intermittent fasting and how good it is for performance and all of this and all of that but it actually as a woman can also as a man can really affect your hormones Mm -hmm. so if you've got any kind of hormonal issues intermittent fasting is definitely not something that you should do no one really speaks about the other like the negative side effects of it you know you you can be irritable and I was I was irritable I used to feel lightheaded but I was all like no no like it's fine I'm healthy I'm fine and and I wasn't um and also what else was I gonna say about that um oh yeah I actually did a presentation on it at uni in my final year we were like just given the reins to choose a topic um do read lots of research papers on it and just present present your findings so I did one on is intermittent fasting a valuable tool for weight loss in people who are overweight? And a short story is that it isn't. It literally is the same as every other calorie restrictive diet. It doesn't have any significant benefits on top of that. So everyone being like, oh, it improves this and your blood lipids and all of that. The the research isn't really there, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree that it is dangerous to easily mask um intermittent fasting and even sometimes like you know eating healthy and being vegan and oh you know when you have when you've had a past of you know having an eating disorder I think like you said it's just not it's just not the way uh the way forward um have you seen so apart from this June is it 21st when things is that when things are opening up in the UK yeah oh yeah you've got different dates I'm literally like (laughs) I don't even I've just stopped you know looking up at the dates I think here in France things are opening up soon in like mid-May and then end of June is when things properly open up I think okay that's not too too much further than us yeah is it so apart from that have you seen anything anything else that's been going Uh, on in trend i just don't even get me started there's just so much rubbish out there and the more you look for it the more you see it like it just comes up on my explore page now um the ones that probably annoy me the most are where you're there's all these videos where people are replacing carbohydrates with vegetables why do people why yeah so is carbs like what why is carbs played as like the devil I just think I don't we need to leave carb shaming in 2020 because I never really want to see a sandwich made out of peppers ever again yeah Um, (laughs) it's awful it's it's really awful people send them to me now as well they're like have you seen this and I'm like oh but um I I think people try and pass it off as being creative and oh this new thing and it's like no no no, it's always it's it's never been a thing because it's not meant to be a thing yeah exactly like bread is so good why would you want to eat a pepper instead of bread? It's just, it's it's not the same. Um, I just think it's quite an old fashioned view, isn't it? It got very put into the media that carbs make you fat and carbs are bad for you. And just, they're not, <laughs> they really aren't. They're, they are essential. Your brain literally runs on carbs and glucose. If you stop eating it, you'll go a bit loopy. Yeah. So I remember ordering from Five Guys and they accidentally, like, I don't even know why this is an option, but instead of putting the normal bread it yeah. was like I opened my this is when we weren't allowed to eat in restaurants it was COVID last year when there was lockdown and so I'd ordered then I sat outside with my friends to eat 
I opened my thing and it was like the the burger was made of lettuce around and I was like I need to go back I can't eat (laughs) literally and people who mask that as that this is their gluten-free option there is so much gluten-free bread out there now just buy some gluten-free bread yeah and I also fell into I thank goodness I didn't actually do it but trying to replace pasta and noodles with um courgette oh no we we went through back in the day we went through that phase as well and like it's just it's not it's not the same it's not as filling you're not getting the same nutrients from it people demonize stuff like bread and whatever but realistically it's fortified with so many vitamins and minerals that we need yeah and it's and it's yummy I just the, the whole trends on social media and those diet culture things they just really really grind my gears <laughs> yeah um I was going to I wanted to ask you a little bit I've found your honesty also on Instagram <laughs> I feel like it's really it's I think when you have a food page and there's so much so much out there I feel like sometimes it's, it's difficult to find pages that actually make you feel good and where people are actually honest um so I, I really like enjoy like your honesty about things um and one of them I remember laughing at was I think you were talking about when food companies and PR companies try and give you food to then with the expectation of you to post this and create something so do you want to talk about some of the issues with being a food I don't know if you would call yourself a a food blogger I don't even know what to call you know our page but and, food person <laughs> yeah a food person where you're given products to review or you know and they're expecting you to do this for free and some issues you've, you 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 know the problems that you found with this yeah so especially recently I've actually had a lot of of companies sliding into my dms and you know the worst ones are when it's a big company and you know it's a big company they're stocked in supermarkets whatever and then they give you a whole brief like a pdf they put time into making and you go back to them and say well what's your budget and they're like oh sorry we don't have a budget and I'm like but you wouldn't expect to have your product plastered on a billboard for free it's advertising at the end of the day and you have to value the time that I put into it like my my time is money I can't pay my bills with your like two pound free product I could just go and buy it myself if I was that desperate no it's not worth it and I think when (laughs) when I when you're out as on Instagram you kind of just want to say yes to everything Mm-hmm. because you're like oh this is so exciting and it is exciting but I think I've gotten to the point now where I'm like you know nothing is that exciting <laughs> if you no. want like to, I'm, I'm very much like take it or leave it don't get me yeah. wrong if it's a small business and they want to send me some stuff I'm like more than happy to accept it and nine times out of ten I'm going to post about it yeah like if I like the product I'll post about it it's yeah. not it's not you know that difficult but if you're coming at me with like this this I want this 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 and this and I'm a bit we're a big brand we've got a huge budget I know you've got a budget for advertising I also find people brands that often say they don't have a budget but they have budgets for other people that I found me. that that really and I just think I'm also someone who's not very good at like I don't even know if you'd call it confrontation I'm just not very like I no, get so either. awkward and I I always call up my sister and I'm like, oh, how do we send this message? Like, I just, it's so hard because there's not, you know, like when you go for a normal job, you know what the pay is and what yeah. the salary is. And with food, it's crazy how Instagram has now become this marketing platform. And like you were saying, we are advertising your product and you would have paid someone else to do this. But now Instagram has become that kind of platform. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Just also like, I don't, People often turn their nose up at food Instagrammers or food or people who have influence on Instagram. Like, oh, they just do nothing and they get paid. But I mean, I'm not speaking for everyone, but when I post something, a lot of work has gone into it. Okay, yeah. probably not my porridge bowls, but if I'm doing something for a brand, I take time out and it might take me like half a day to shoot the whole thing and like make it, go and get the ingredients, edit the post, write captions. Like yeah. it. It's not the hardest job in the world, but, but like it takes no, it, time but, and I need to be paid yeah. for my time. So No, I, I completely agree. And I, yeah, just going back to when you see a company that says they don't have budget for you, but then they've gone yeah. off and paid someone else. It's And because there's no law, I feel like there's not really rules about this. So you yeah. just don't, what are you meant to say? Like Yeah, exactly. And it's it's difficult as well when you're, they're trying to, they say, yes, they do have a budget. And you're kind of like, well, what do I charge you? Yeah, what do I charge you? Yeah. because yeah. And then you're worried, well, if I am I overcharging? Am yeah. I undercharging? 
because I've had companies that have been like yeah sure what's your budget and I've given them my price which I thought was quite decent and they've just ignored me and I've, then I've had that I've had that, seen that the, the campaign has gone on and other people have been paid and I'm like oh they could have just told me oh, like, don't I, I would have negotiated <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly and we always I've had that yeah and it really it does put a bit of a kick in the stomach you know like we had that like especially for Veganuary like we don't know we like some companies are okay with your budget so you use that same money budget for like you know how much you've charged you know for another company and then they just don't get back to you and it's like you can at least respond yeah. and say like oh we'd want to negotiate but then when you see that campaign going off and others you know and then you're thinking well did I sell myself too high or should I have <laughs> sold myself shorter but exactly it's difficult I kind of just this is why I'm always like I do not want this is not my job like I don't I don't want this to be my thing I need to have something else this is like a sideline thing that makes me happy but I just don't want to get too much yeah. into it because you get a bit it, it drives you insane a little bit it does bit. drive you nuts I I've, I literally honestly I think nearly every other day I'm having a conversation with my sister going I'm going nuts like <laughs> I think because of also because being in another country where it's locked down and I've yeah. had you know I went from a really stressful job with loads of hours to now having very like it's very easy going minimal hours because I just needed a break but then you just, when there's nothing to do, you do just end up picking up your phone, going on yep. your free page, thinking, oh, shit, should I be, because I've got all this free time, should I be creating more content? And it's like, and I have to remind myself, you're not getting paid for this, and this is not your yeah. job. And nor do yeah, I, literally. for a moment, I thought, because I've seen some people have turned it into a job, and I'm like, should I do that? And I'm like, I have had genuine, <laughs> I genuinely thought about changing this into my career. And then I'm so glad I had this realization. I thought, Amisha, you would go, your mental health would be like <laughs> you would go nuts if you turned this into your job like leave it as a passion yeah I'm exactly the same as other people especially there's been a lot of a boom of people who started their Instagram pages during lockdown and have suddenly become massive and yeah. they you know they've they've turned it into their job and I'm like wow I've been on this platform for like six or seven years should yeah. I be doing something better with it I should have more followers I should you know be making more money and I'm like no like this was never that it literally was no. like it's a side thing and you know I've got so much more to offer than yeah just... and it's it's good to remind yourself of that because when you start something out of love and you've genuinely enjoyed and then when you turn it into and you're comparing yourself which you know Instagram it's it's good to remember that these platforms are there to make you feel like you're you should compare yourself and to make you feel like mm. oh I should be on here more um, but it's like, yeah, it's like good to remind yourself of why you started and I had to tell myself this, like, why did you start this? This is a, that's something you love and you never want it to end up being a chore and something you end up despising yeah. and doing for the sake of it. A hundred percent, because there, there's definitely been times where it's felt like a chore and especially when you've so like obviously a lot of people I know know about it and they're like, if I there's been periods of time where I didn't use it that much when I was really busy at uni and people would be like oh so like what's happening with your Instagram you know have you got any more followers yet and I was like no <laughs> yeah no it, it, and it's it's easy to fall into that but now it's just something like, I just can't be bothered I just don't no. have the energy to to kind of and I, I yeah I also agree you do feel guilt when you start thinking I've been on this for ages um, and you're seeing people who started during lockdown <laughs> But to be fair to them, I think people are putting lots of time and energy to that. And I just oh, think yeah. if you want to do that, kudos to you. And, you know, that's great. But a hundred, I see people like dropping recipe reels every day. And I'm like, props to you, because I literally do one. And I'm like, that's enough now for like, at least a few months, because that I really know, took it out of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try the one that I really want to try. The thing is here, because I'm renting an apartment, I don't want to buy a lot of I feel like a lot of stuff like I want to try out I'd have to buy like things like actual yeah. props to cook them that I'm like I can't be getting the train because I'm planning to move back to London and I'm like I you know this summer so I'm like I don't want to be lugging all <laughs> this extra cooking stuff and my mum's just going to tell me off and have I a go at me the same thing when I moved to the Netherlands I ended up buying so much stuff like baking equipment and like just so much stuff that I I came back with much more than I left with <laughs> Yeah, but I, what I really want to try, and I've been telling my friend about this, is the carbonara because it looks so good. I don't know if they sell the same bacon, but I found a vegan shop here, so I'm going to try and find some. I've never been a fan of bacon, okay. but the recipe did look good, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give that one a go. It was nice. The texture just it went a bit weird when you like you have to eat it like as soon as you've made it. 
I loved that part in the caption that you said, like, don't do what I did, where I was trying to get the perfect picture. My friends get so annoyed at me, like, when the food is ready to eat. And I'm like, no, guys. I know. I've stopped doing it now. I've stopped yeah. doing it now. It's, like, it's... Uh, if the angle's good, if it looks good, if it's if it's a good food, it's going to be, it's fine. If it's, you know, you can't make something look better than it no. is. This is it now. I've come to the realisation. <laughs> um, the last thing that I wanted to end with was... Um, Actually, there's two things. What's okay. your favorite restaurant um, that you've eaten out in? And I said, like, it doesn't have to be just about the food. It can also be like, I feel like I've been to restaurants and I'm like, the whole vibe is so nice. Yeah. So yeah. What's, some of your, what's your favorite? Okay. I'm definitely not just going to give you one. Okay. <laughs> um, so if people are like, what, you know, vegan food in London, my top place, this is just me personally, um, is Eat of Eden. I don't know if you've ever been there. But... No, I saw you posting about it. I, do, I, I feel like I've seen so many places that I just hadn't seen before. And I'm in France and I keep being like, I've yeah, actually made a list. I've made, I've saved, I've saved all these posts on like, it says London, eat out. And I've like, <laughs> got a whole list of places to go when you're back. No, perfect. But um, yeah, Eat of Eden is, it's like Caribbean, all vegan. It's so nice. The owners are the loveliest people ever, um, which makes a huge difference. And the portion sizes are huge, which is Good. very important. Um, so like I'll always go with like my sister or a friend and we get this platter, which says it serves two people, but it serves two people very generous. Good, good. Um, I always bring like Tupperware and I'm like, yeah, I'll just take this back. <laughs> um, honestly, it's so nice. And if you're like me and you can't decide on things, you're indecisive, it's great because you literally just get everything on this oh, platter and just go to town. Um, secondly, because I'm, I'm not going to say the obvious vegan restaurants like you okay. know I like I like Mildred's it's nice yeah anyway everyone knows about it but I I love Asian food like all kinds of Asian food I'm not I'm not generalizing so like Indian food anything um and recently I went to my neighbors the dumplings um I can't remember where it is Clapton anyway okay. Um, and it was a completely unplanned visit we were just like oh we're out let's go and eat here and you know when you've not planned something and you're kind of and it just turns out to be really nice and it's just mm -hmm. so much more satisfying because you're mm -hmm. like oh I wasn't expecting it and they do loads of like little dim sum things and oh it's just it was delish and then there's another one. Oh yeah in Amsterdam mm -hmm. there is this really tiny hole in the wall restaurant that's <laughs> very like you have to know about it it's okay. called Men Impossible and you have to book it. And it's basically like this big, one big communal dining table with this one man who makes ramen, like noodles from scratch, just right in front of you. And like, oh well, he's, I think he mainly, it's like he only does ramen and like some other little side bits. And you kind of just like write down your order on a piece of paper and give it to him and he'll just cook it. It's amazing. Anyone who's ever in Amsterdam, you have to go there. That sounds like... <laughs> that's what I mean about it's not just the food like that whole experience yeah the whole experience honestly so good and you can tick if you want to if you're like hungry or you're not that hungry like do you want a big bowl and obviously <laughs> me and my sister were like yep big bowl oh and my gosh like, this sounds so good he was like are you sure are you sure like looking at us he was like are you sure you're gonna be able to eat all of that because you know like I've, he's obviously made the noodles yeah to waste and I was like trust me it will be fine <laughs> right so I need to plan actually Amsterdam is quite close to where I am because I'm in the north of north of France oh, yeah. so I can get a quick train there so I'll have yeah, to once I... things open up I'm gonna check that out and I'll let you know yeah definitely I, I can't wait to go back to Amsterdam when I'm allowed <laughs> um and my last question for you is going to be if you had one last meal I think it's called like island meal and island. Some, I think sometimes people call call it the prison meal but yeah. we'll call it the island meal <laughs> Um, what would be your starter, main and dessert? Okay, so this is obviously a difficult question, but I've thought about it. You pre-warned me, so I'm ready. Um, so my starter, I'm going to cheat and do a trio of, of starters, like a platter of starters. Okay. And also none of this food goes together. So okay. like my starter doesn't go with my main for whatever. Um, so for my starters, I want like an Indian vibe. So like samosa chaat um pakoras but my mum's homemade pakoras but yeah. they need to be a small portion otherwise I'll eat too many and I won't want to eat my main um what else what are those called the little like gold gappard like the 
pani puris when you oh yeah 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 gol people like gol gappe or pani puri yeah i don't know my indian accent is not there um (laughs) those as well that would be that's like you know with the it's either chickpeas or potatoes Mm -hmm. and then like tamp the imli oh yeah delicious so that would be my starters main would be a really really good neapolitan pizza um with no cheese just like good tomato sauce garlic Mm -hmm maybe some rocket some chili oil um what else oh yeah like garlic aioli to dip the crusts in a oh, glass of wine perfect <laughs> um and then dessert again because i love desserts i'm gonna have to do a trio <laughs> of mini desserts yeah so there's gonna have to be i'm not really a chocolate person right but when there's like chocolate lava cake on a menu oh my gosh i yeah. that's i have to have it so yeah. one of those a little mini one and then a little mini sticky toffee pudding. That's a top tier dessert. And then an apple crumble. But the crumble has to be like clustery. I don't want any like dusty crumble <laughs> on top. It has to be like a good crunchy crumble with a giant bowl of ice cream for all three of them. Oh my gosh, that sounds <laughs> delicious. And actually the pizza, when you start talking about the oven pizza, watching, I feel like I always learn new things from your pages. Oh, like. <laughs> I saw you cook your own pizza in a pizza oven and I was like, I made a note of this as well. I was like, I need to get a pizza oven when I go back <laughs> and persuade my mum to get two for us to get one for the house. Honestly, that... best, I got it for my birthday. Yeah. Best investment we've ever made. Like, okay. it's just so good. It's so good. I actually love it. Brilliant. Thing well thank you so much for Sophie for uh coming on this podcast and actually I was really looking forward and I was thinking about who I wanted to come up you know on here um you were one of the first people that I was kind of thinking that oh, I really yeah. wanted to get on here so thank you so much for sharing your um knowledge about food and you know having a food page and thank you for having me I really enjoyed it it was good it was a good chat 